This is the Tennis Podcast, and I'm your host, Nick Amell. I'm here. I'm Brandon. This is the show where one of us, either myself or Brandon, come prepared with a top 10 list. That top 10 list is packed full of research and fun facts. Nutrients. Nutrients for your brain. Yeah, nutrients for your brain. And the other person on the line, whether it's myself or, again, Brandon, tries to guess that top 10 list without knowing what it is ahead of time. Acting as a surrogate for you at home, the listener. Yeah, that's right. So, for this episode, everything that you would say as a listener, everything that you would think, I am channeling that Mm. and voicing it for you. Brandon is your puppet. You are the... Brandon is your dummy. And you, the listener, are the ventriloquist. Is that fair to say? No, it's like on Twitter when someone says in their profile that the thoughts expressed here are not those of my employer. Yeah. It's like most people would say that they are, they're expressing not the thoughts of their employer or their listeners. I am explicitly saying that I am expressing the thoughts, wishes, and desires and guesses of the listener base. The desires as well? Everything that comes out of their heads and hearts is about to come out of my mouth. Great. Today's list, I have today's list and it's a doozy but they're always doozies, right? Uh Uh-huh. To get us started, I want to ask you, did they have television when you were a kid? Was that, had that come out yet? Yeah, but the screen was only four and a half inches by five inches and Mm. I remember the first time I saw it, there, there's video, there's footage of a train, like a steam train driving towards the screen and when it got close to the screen, we all flinched and looked away and screamed. Yeah. Yeah, no, the technology, yeah, the, the first television. We thought we were going to be hit by a train. Yeah, no, I got you, I got you. The reason I ask is because we're going to go back in the Wayback Machine today to my childhood and your... I think you're 40s around this time. Mm -hmm. But we're looking at the 90s and we're going to be looking at the most popular cartoon series of the 1990s or animated series, whatever you want to call it. You just made a crucial error in revealing to me what I know to be the number one answer. Okay. (laughs) What do you want me to do? You want me to get a new list real quick? No, but you... Do you want to just hold while I take a few hours to compile a whole new list of Nick's notes? No, because I, I, but I'm going to hold it. You always criticize me for coming right out the gate, but the listeners are telling me to hold that in my number one guess. Well, I bet you do know it, but there is a big caveat with it that you might not know. So, we'll see. But let me tell you about this list. This is, again, most popular cartoon series of the 90s and that will include any animated series of any kind, kid or adult, that started in the 90s. It could have ended in the 90s, it could have continued into the 2000s, it could be going on today but as long as it started in the 90s, it qualifies for this list. Originally, my plan was to find the top 10 most watched series. Which cartoon series had, should I call it a cartoon or animated? Animated. Which animated series had the highest TV ratings, right? Most viewership. That list, I could not find a a list of that without having to like individually look up every animated series in the history of television. Which would have taken what, an extra five minutes? No. So, what I did do is I found a list on Ranker.com. Ranker? Mm. Go ahead. Get it out. I hardly know her. Ranker.com has a list of every 90s cartoon and about 34,000 people voted on their favorite. 
Those votes came from people of all ages and all regions of the world and I have some interesting stats on some that. Some of them could be maniacs. Most of them probably are. Some of them could be Tasmaniacs, right? Animaniacs? Well, I'm writing that down for my guesses. Okay. So, 34,000 people, all ages, all parts of the world, all genders, all types of people, they voted on their favorite animated series of the 90s and I have that list for you now. But in addition, for each, that that's going to be the top 10 based on the ranker voting. But I also, for each of the top 10, have their IMDB ranking because IMDB registered users can also vote and I have that ranking as well. So, my sources for today, of course, ranker.com, imdb.com. I also have some stats from a study that FrontierBundles.com did. FrontierBundles.com. Wow. How, how is Frontier Bundles an authority on 90s animated television? They did a study. I'll tell you about it when the time comes. And then, of course, I have supplemental knowledge from Wikipedia and my own fucking head. So, what do you think? Does this all sound good to you? Uh, yeah, I don't think I have a choice, but it does sound good to me. Hang on. Actually, let's baseline here. The 90s were my childhood. I was a preteen in the 90s. Mm -hmm. All of my animated cartoon tastes are those of an idiot child. Align pretty properly with the 90s. Whereas you, you lived your teenage years in the 90s. So, I'm wondering, were you big on cartoons in the 90s? Yes. It's almost as if you set this up as a segue to tell on myself that when I was 16 or 17 years old and was newly driving, I was warned by my parents that I was driving too fast on the way home from school. I couldn't figure out how they knew I was driving so fast. They said that they had a spy and that spy had spotted me driving too fast and I needed to slow down. Though I didn't tell them the reason I was driving so fast was because school got out at 2.30 and at 3 o'clock, Batman the Animated Series and then later, the new adventures of Batman and Robin and the adventures of Superman came on at 3 o'clock and I had to haul ass home in order to watch it before I had to go to work. And then I later found out that the spy who told my parents that I was driving too fast was my brother that was just sitting next to me in the car and could see that I was driving too fast. First of all, you're 16, 17 and you thought your parents had hired a spy to follow you at all times? No, I thought it was like, you know, one of some one of their f other people. Was it James Bond? Uh -huh. Yeah, I thought they had hired um, a private investigator. It turned out to be my brother who was just sitting next to me. That's how bad my brain was. Well. And continues to be. Yeah. Anyway, I was rushing home specifically for an animated show. I grew up on 80s cartoons, which are vastly inferior to 90s cartoons. 90s is the golden age of cartoons. Yeah, 80s was pretty rough uh, between He-Man and Smurfs and Inspector Gadget. Smurfs. Ugh, making me cringe. Those were my big ones and the Chipmunks. In the 80s, the, and I admit that they were all really bad. In the 90s was, the, was a renaissance of animation for kids. And I'll say that if you're old like Brandon uh, or young, so we have young listeners here, you've heard of most if not all of these, even if you haven't seen them. All right, so why don't you start by nailing off a few that you are pretty sure are not going to be in the top 10. That are not going to be in the top 10? Correct. Oh, I'm going to guess the short-lived Tasmanian Devil afternoon show. Was that a 90s show? Yeah, they tried to springboard off of the popularity of 
t-shirts with Taz wearing his pants backwards and came out with a daily afternoon cartoon show starring the Tasmanian devil and like his whole family of other Tasmanian devils, all of whom could speak much more clearly than he could. And it became obvious that he was even some kind of a, a maniac even within the Tasmanian devil community. <laughs> the Tasmanian devil community. Even they viewed him as... A maniac? Well, yeah, like a savage primal beast. Do you... What about the 90s animated version of Mighty Ducks? I don't remember that one. Let me read you about Mighty Ducks, which I also don't know why it existed. It was loosely based on the live action film franchise. However, it's not about plucky... I'm, I'm taking this from ScreenRant.com. It's not about a plucky team of young hockey players, but humanoid hockey loving ducks from the ice planet of Puck World. I remember that show now and yeah, <laughs> loosely based. <laughs> These animated ducks must save their planet from the threat of the reptilian race called Syrians or Saurians using a legendary hockey mask. <laughs> you think that made the top 10, Brandon? I'm going to guess no. You're right. It did not. Do you remember the, the cartoon series uh, Freakazoid? I've heard of it. It was a blue gentleman in a red bodysuit with an F and an exclamation point on him, on his suit. Freakazoid was the secret superhero name of the nerdy teen Dexter Douglas. He had super speed and super strength, gained the power of total insanity, <laughs> gained the power of total insanity, <laughs> leading to Animaniacs style assaults that's on not the civilians. That's not a power. No. We... <laughs> It's not a power. He gets he has mental health issues when he when he like powers up. <laughs> I just looked it up. It was created by Bruce Tim and Paul Dini, who were the creators of Batman the Animated Series. What are the odds of that? What about the show Cow and Chicken? Did you ever watch that? I've heard of it. I never watched it. So that was a staple of my Cartoon Network viewing days. It is a it's actually a pretty big series. I think some people might have guessed it could potentially be near the bottom of the top 10, but uh, it's not. It's uh, based on a cow and chicken brother and sister with human parents and the parents, you only ever see their legs as they walk up. Yeah, like, so in, there's, <laughs> like in, yeah, there's a lot of cartoons like that. Like the Muppet But their babies. legs do everything, but the legs are literally like driving and they're eating with their legs, but you never see anything but their, <laughs> but their legs. <laughs> And they also had a villain named the Red Man who was a devil with a big naked bubble butt. This actually sounds like a really good show. It was an extremely crude show. I remember in, I remember one episode instead of the Tooth Fairy, they had the Scab Fairy. Oh, it, so sound, oh, put, it sounds similar to Ren and Stimpy. Yeah, it was kind of in the same vein. So, you'd, you'd stick your peeled off bloody scabs under the pillow and then the Scab Fairy, which was the big red devil mm -hmm. who was naked flying on wings would come in. So, yeah, that's, that's Cow and Chicken. Shout out to Cow and Chicken. Did the Red Naked Devil have like an exaggerated butt? Did you already oh, tell yeah. me that? Yeah, big, big old butt. Yeah, but just like Ren and Stimpy, any, everything that's supposed to be kind of cute has a big old <laughs> bubble butt just <laughs> jammed out there in your face. Yeah. Well, speaking of jamming butts in your face, let's jam your <laughs> guest butts in the the face of our listeners, the virtual face of our... I'm trying. Uh, tell, tell us some top 10 guesses. Most popular animated series of the 90s based on the votes of 34,000 people. Okay. Is Beavis and Butthead in the top 10? 
No, Beavis and Butthead's number 33. It's really low. How about The Simpsons? Wasn't that your guess for number one? No, it's not. Is it number one? It's number one. Oh, hell. Well, here's the deal about The Simpsons though. I almost didn't include it because it technically started December 1989. Oh, really? It's technically... Was that the first that, episode or was that a Tracy Ullman short? It's the first episode. was December 1989. Ah, oh, man. But I still included it anyway because it's so close and I think everyone on planet Earth would think it was a 90s show. Yeah. So, The Simpsons is number one. Thanks for ruining number one right out of the gate even when you're not trying. That's, uh, that's, what, that's how I do. I'm going to tell you about The Simpsons because I know you, you're very uneducated on The Simpsons. I actually put a, a Simpsons reference in this episode already. What was it? They're, I'm going to hide Easter eggs. <laughs> Auditory Simpsons Easter eggs. Great. Something to look forward to. When I described the television and the train coming at it and then screaming and ducking away, that's straight from The Simpsons. Cool. Simpsons has been on for 30 seasons. It's still running. It's the longest in the top 10. It's uh, again run from 1989 till today. Its original network is Fox. I think that's where it still airs. Mm -hmm. And it is soon going to be on the Disney Plus streaming service coming out November of this year, which is crazy that Disney owns The Simpsons, but here we are. This is interesting. So, these 34,000 voters that voted Simpsons number one, when you strip out everyone else and look only at millennials because you can do that in this ranker mm -hmm. article. When you look at millennial votes only which is the, I think the generation who were children most during the 90s. It's not on the top 10. It is in the top 10 but it's number 3. Seasons like 4 through 8 or 9 are probably the best of The Simpsons but a lot of people I think get confused and think about the because it's been in syndication so long. They get confused about what? They get confused about like what season like which seasons, you know, like was it better in the 90s or? Well, I actually have notes from my research where everyone says that the golden age of Simpsons was the first nine or ten seasons. Yeah. Uh, and it's actually been criticized for a perceived decline in quality over the years. Yeah, the animation style is all done by computer now. I think I mentioned this before and they don't move the same. The animation looks terrible now. It's just sort of cookie cutter. In the first few seasons, it was much more fluid and creative and interesting. But isn't the quality of an animated series more about the writing and the well, yeah, um, scenes yeah, than definitely. the animation? Conan, okay. Conan O'Brien was a, was a writer on some of my favorite episodes of The Simpsons in the early 90s. If you love the monorail episode of The Simpsons, that's all Conan. We'll give him proper credit here. He, ne <laughs> he needs some credit. I think Conan also wrote this episode of the Tennis Podcast. It's one of his lazier efforts. Yeah. Shout out to Conan, listener of the show. All-time ranker rating. So, this article is based on 90s cartoons only but if you were to look at all cartoons ever, including every decade outside the 90s, Simpsons is number two. The series is a satirical depiction of working class life epitomized by the Simpsons family which consists of Homer, Marge, Bart, Lisa and Maggie. The show is set in the fictional town of Springfield and parodies American culture and society, television and the human condition. <laughs> Thank you for explaining to the folks at home The Simpsons. Okay, not everyone watches The Simpsons. I don't. Did you not know who the main characters were? I did and I've seen a few episodes but I've never, never like watched Your life is poorer for not having watched those first few seasons of The Simpsons. 
Well, let me tell you about the series creator Matt Groening. <laughs> Grenning. Grenning, who created a series of animated shorts featuring the dysfunctional family and named the characters after his own family members, mm-hmm. substituting Bart for his own name. The shorts became a part of the Tracy Ullman show in 1987 and after three seasons, the sketch was developed into a half-hour primetime show and became Fox's first series of any kind to land in the top 30 ratings in a season in 1989 through 90. That's pretty impressive. Which part? That it like launched Fox? Yeah, it was the only th- yeah. it was the first show I think I had ever watched on Fox besides syndicated stuff in the afternoons. Fox was always sort of known as like the lowest tier in network TV. And no, uh, yeah, Simpsons changed that. Uh, I mentioned 30 seasons. It's still going today. There's been 662 episodes as of this writing that I pulled this from. Longest running American sitcom, longest running American scripted primetime series. Do you think Simpsons has gone on too long in your opinion? Yeah. Okay. When should it have ended? Um, After that heyday, first nine or ten seasons? Probably. Yeah. I mean, maybe a couple more years of trying like things that were more creative and outside of that same formula. Maybe just films instead of like seasons. Yeah. Or special episodes. But yeah, the, mm-hmm. the, they should have ended after like 10 or 12 seasons. That's still plenty to make millions in syndication. Do you still watch it today, the new episodes? I don't watch new episodes, no. But I will rewatch an old episode for sure. Well, when I was a little boy, I watched, I told you I'm not a Simpsons watcher, but that doesn't mean I haven't seen an episode here and there. And one of the ones I watched when I was like nine or 10 was one of the Treehouse of Horror. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what Freddy Krueger was or Nightmare on Elm Street at the time, what that was. So, to me, this was an original idea, but it was when the kids were dying in their dreams mm-hmm. in The Simpsons and that fucking scared the hell out of me. I had nightmares. <laughs> My favorite uh, episode of The Tree House of Horror is the is Homer sells his soul to the devil for a donut <laughs> and the devil is played by Ned Flanders in a, yes, Ned Flanders right. in a devil costume and a Homer outwits the devil. He eats all of the donut except for the last bite. If he doesn't finish it, then the devil doesn't get his soul. So, he puts it in the refrigerator with a post-it note that says, Homer's soul, do not eat. And he gets up in the middle of the night and goes to the refrigerator for a snack and eats it and the devil shows up immediately to claim his soul. And then Bart happens to walk by the kitchen in his pajamas and the devil just looks up and goes, hey Bart. (laughs) (laughs) and they keep going that's my favorite like short joke from the simpsons there you have it everyone brandon's favorite short joke from the simpsons remember it well you'll be quizzed on it later not really so the simpsons has won dozens of awards since its debut including 31 emmys Mm -hmm. 30 annie awards and a peabody award i think you won a peabody award too right but it wasn't for uh anything tv really won a poobardy award Yep. Homer's exclamatory catchphrase, dope, has been adopted into the English language while The Simpsons has influenced many other later adult-oriented animated sitcoms. All of them. This is kind of a long thing. It's from Wikipedia but I think the whole thing's worth reading so bear with me for a moment. Quote, Bart's rebellious bad boy nature (laughs) underlies his misbehavior and rarely leads to any punishment, led some people to characterize him as a poor role model for children. In schools, educators claim that Bart was a, quote, threat to learning, 
because of his, quote, underachiever and proud of it attitude and negative attitude regarding his education. Others described him as egotistical, aggressive, and mean-spirited. I was not allowed to watch The Simpsons yeah. when I was a kid. That's why I never kind of caught on to it. <laughs> he's a, he's, not only is he fictional, but yeah, there's people who only know the show from like a surface level because most of the, sh- right. the most of the episodes about Bart doing something do include him facing the consequences of his actions. The problem is that it's a fucking cartoon. So, every week they have to restart as if nothing ever happened. And they also got to wear the same clothes every time too. Yeah. You notice that? All these cartoon characters, they're wearing the same clothes every day. Are there any cartoon characters that regularly change their outfits other than like Bojack Horseman? I can't think of any. Well, you know who disagrees with you on your Bart synopsis? I'm going to guess someone with a very religious background. Bill Cosby. Oh, fucking asshole. In a 1991 interview, Bill Cosby described Bart as a bad role model for children, calling him, quote, angry, confused, and frustrated. In response, creator of the show, Matt Grenning, Grenning, right? Yeah. Matt Grenning said, said, you're a rapist. He said, that sums up Bart all right. Most people are in a struggle to be normal and he thinks normal is very boring and does things that others just wish they dared do. It's funny that they mentioned him as egotistical because he is the id come to life. Why don't you explain what the id is for the folks at home? We got a lot of doidoys listening today. The, your subconscious desires, your innermost wants that you dare not speak or express. Bart does those things. In fact, there's an episode where everyone takes inspiration from Bart's devil may care attitude and he's covered on the news and newscaster Brock Kettman sums it up and if it feels good, do it. <laughs> and of course, that comes to consequences on the show. Like there's always a story arc. Well, speaking of moral high ground celebrities, I have someone else that wants to have a word with you, Brandon. Okay. 1992, then President George H.W. Bush <laughs> said, we are going to keep on trying to strengthen the American family to make American families a lot more like the Waltons and a lot less like the Simpsons. The Simpsons writers responded to that by rushing out a tongue-in-cheek reply that aired three days later in which Bart replied, hey, we're just like the Waltons. We're praying for an end to the depression too. The Waltons is fucking boring. (laughs) The Waltons didn't run for 30 years. No one wanted to watch the Waltons. Yeah. And also Bart Simpson has never murdered anybody. Unlike George H.W. Bush, Unlike George H.W. Bush. Yeah. So, that's The Simpsons. Anything else you want to say about The Simpsons? Yeah. George H.W. Bush was most likely involved in the plot to assassinate John F. Kennedy. That's my last Simpsons bullet point I have here. I don't know if you're joking or not. I'm not. Okay. Well, you're going to have to elaborate a little bit. He was in the CIA at that time. He was the, I think he was assistant director of the CIA and he was in Dallas that day. I guess I forgot he was in the CIA. Yeah. He's a spooky spook. Doesn't he have uh, allegations that are like sexual misconduct and things like that? Like grabbing butts and stuff. (laughs) I saw an Onion article. I think it was the Onion. It was after he died and they're like, George H.W. Bush sticks his hand through the grave to grab one more butt. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. It wouldn't surprise me. I think at this point, I mean, he's probably gotten away with it now. Yeah. He shouldn't have, but he did. Speaking of getting away with it, why don't you get away with another guess here? Simpsons was number one. Is Dexter's Lab in the top 10? 
Before I answer that, have you ever watched an episode of Dexter's Life? Caught little bits and pieces. See, you told me my life is worse off for not watching The Simpsons. Your life is worse off for not watching Dexter's Laboratory. It is a masterpiece, omelet, du fromage. Dexter's Laboratory is number three on the top ten. I knew it. I bet that rubs you the wrong way, doesn't it, you fucking asshole? <laughs> Dexter's Laboratory originally aired in 1998 and this is what blows my mind. This blows my mind about a lot of these shows but... Dexter's Lab was like such a huge part of my childhood and I watched it all the time. And I guess since I watched it so much, I just always assumed it ran for a long time. But It did not? No, just four seasons which uh, it initially ran for only two seasons with only 52 episodes from 96 to 98. But in December 99, a made-for-TV movie called Ego Trip aired as the intended series finale because then the creator Jendi Tartakovsky, a Russian... The creator was Russian. He left to begin work on Samurai Jack. So, in 2001, the series was revived for two more seasons containing only 26 episodes between 2001 and 2003. The new seasons were made under a different production team. The animation was created with digital ink and paint instead of the previous season's cell animation style. Only initially two seasons and then two more short seasons and that's the entirety of Dexter's Lab which is just insane to me. It is a Cartoon Network series and I have a bunch of other notes but I'm going to pause to let you react. What was he working on in his lab? Just science shit. Here's the, here's the synopsis of the show. Mm-hmm. It follows Dexter, a boy genius and inventor with a hidden laboratory, in it, as he'd say, in his room which he keeps secret from his parents. He is in a constant battle with his older sister, Dee Dee, mm-hmm. who always finds a way to get inside Dexter's lab and inadvertently foil his experiments. Dexter also engages in a bitter rivalry with a fellow boy genius named Mandark who is Dexter's neighbor and classmate. Okay. So, Dexter has a secret lab. The, the, the password to his lab is Star Wars by the way mm. and his sister Dee Dee would come in and break shit. That's, this, that's the show. She was a little bit of a dummy, right? She was older and I don't know if she was a dummy. They don't really explore that. I think she was just uh, kind of oblivious. Okay. It just, it was not on my radar. Well, I can't, you're an idiot. It started in 1998? Uh, yeah, on Cartoon Network. I was about to say I was too old for that then but I was, was speeding to get home to watch Batman <laughs> the Animated Series so now I guess yeah. I can't claim that. But Dexter's Lab, the creator, he considered titling the series Dartmouth and Daisy. He uh, eventually discarded the idea because he said Dartmouth doesn't exactly roll off the tongue and that the name Daisy was already heavily associated with Disney. And the title Dexter's Laboratory was not settled on until around midway through production of the series pilot. How old do you think Dexter and Dee Dee are? I'm going to guess Dexter is 8 and Dee Dee is 12. You're wrong and right because the creator said that the ages are meant to be nebulous. Dexter is intended to be about 6 to 8 years old and Dee Dee is a quote a couple years older but he stressed he would never want to specify Dexter's exact age. Oh, well. Isn't that fascinating? You're all learning something new today about Dexter's age, which is nebulous. We learned the hell out of that, yep. Uh, Dexter's Lab has received critical acclaim and become one of Cartoon Network's most successful original series. It won several awards including nominations for four Primetime Emmy Awards. And the series is notable for launching the career of animator Seth MacFarlane as well as several others. He calls, does he call himself an animator? That's what Wikipedia called him. Okay. Because the animation in Family Guy is really boring. Yeah. 
What about Muppet Babies? What about Muppet Babies? Are they in the top 10? No, but they are. I don't know. They're on here somewhere. Let's see. Muppet. Uh, they're number 61. What I, in my note, it looked like I wrote the word dong, but I just realized it's Doug. <laughs> Did Doug or Dong crack the top 10? No. I love Doug. I know you love Dong. I love the Nickelodeon Doug. The ABC Doug can kiss my fucking ass. Oh. <laughs> Doug is number 16. One more thing on Dexter's Lab. I mentioned that study from uh, FrontierBundles.com, our friends at FrontierBundles.com, listeners of the show. Mm -hmm. They did a study on the most popular animated series in each state. Okay. And Dexter's Laboratory is the most popular series in the state of North Dakota. We're learning today on the Tennis Podcast. Write that one down. North Dakota loves Dexter's Laboratory. Why? I don't know why. Okay. It's very hard to make to take that um, knowledge and translate it into action. But they did that study based on Google Trends, by the way. So, they would see which state were searching for cartoon series names the most. Mm -hmm. Dexter's Lab came up more than any other in North Dakota. They were probably looking for a guy named Dexter's Meth Lab. Yeah, it's possible. So, you met, we mentioned Seth MacFarlane. Uh, did you know Family Guy actually started in 1999? So, it is a 90s show. It doesn't count for this list though. It does. What number would you guess it is? Number six? Thirteen, idiot. Oh. Tricked you. Well, how about the X-Men? No. No X-Men. They're number 15, X-Men the Animated Series. What about the Rugrats? The Rugrats. Did you ever watch Rugrats? I've seen some Rugrats, yeah. Rugrats is number two Whoa. on the top ten, yeah. I grew up on Rugrats. Now, I have some little Rugrats of my own. That's it. That's all I got in Rugrats. You don't have any notes on Rugrats? No. What would I have? What kind of notes would I have? It's one, the number two most popular oh. car. Yeah, it's got a ton of stuff that happened in it, like uh, Reptar. Yeah. I guess I didn't consider writing notes for it. Sorry. Off the top of my head. Okay, I'm kidding. Angelica is a psychopath. Yeah, no, she is. She's a sociopath. I'd she grow, grows up to become a murderer, right? Yeah. Rugrats focuses on a group of toddlers, most prominently Tommy, Chucky, twins Phil and Lil, and Angelica, which is Tommy's cousin, and their day-to-day -day lives usually involving life experiences that become much greater adventures in the imaginations of the main characters. Rugrats started in 1991, and it ran for nine seasons, which is the longest in the top ten not including shows that are still running. Uh, it ran from 1991 to 2004. It aired on Nickelodeon. When looking specifically at millennials voting on this ranker list, Rugrats is number one. And it's also number one among our friends, the baby boomers. Wasn't there something strange happening in the background of Rugrats at times? Like, isn't there someone struggling with like depression or alcoholism? One of the adults, do you not remember something about that? Something creepy is going on with the adults in the background. I don't recall that. That didn't come up in my r rigorous research. I know that there is something going on. Why don't you look it up? Oh, what did Chucky's mom die from? Oh, I don't remember. That's what it is. I don't know is. if they addressed that. Uh, Melinda Finster was his mom and she, she was a gardener. 
she's deceased. She died on July 12th, 1990, the first wife of Chaz Finster and the biological mother of Chucky. God, this is getting dark quick. She was voiced by actress Kim Cattrall in the episode Mother's Day. Uh, let's see. She was shown on screen in flashbacks in the episode Mother's Day. She died of a sudden terminal illness shortly after Chucky was born. There's no alcoholism there. Well, I just knew, I remember there being something dark going on in the background. I think it would be better if some of the adults were also alcoholics. For any of our potential future parents out there or current parents, do not take parenting or babysitting advice from the parents or the adults in the Rugrats because the motherfuckers would lock the babies in a, in a pin, play pin, and Tommy would just pull the screwdriver out of his diaper and unlock it every time in three seconds and then they'd all walk around and the parents wouldn't even know. Rugrats visualizes ordinary everyday activities through the eyes of a group of toddlers Using their imaginations, the babies transform routine tasks into surprising adventures. The show plays with baby talk, having the group constantly mispronounce words and you... Hang on, is that what you're doing? Are you just trying to be cute when you mispronounce shit all the time, Brandon, on this show? You're the one who's mispronounced... We don't have time. We got to move on. Challenges often emerge because the babies misinterpret the adults, usually caused by Angelica's deceptive translations. Angelica was a bit of a bee, right? Mm -hmm. The grown-ups of Rugrats are simultaneously quirky, overcautious, and oblivious. And episodes usually center on a moral lesson that the babies learn during their imaginative explorations. Kind of like M Muppet Babies, but... Uh, you like Muppet Babies, huh? No, I just think Muppet Babies is funny to mention because it was, a, because it was really poorly done. <laughs> yeah, I liked Muppet Babies. Gonzo was my favorite for the record. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rugrats has spawned a series of theatrical films including the Rugrats movies which made me cry as a nine-year-old. Uh, it introduced Tommy's younger brother, Dill. Get it? Dill Pickles. Yep. Because it was released in 98. Rugrats in Paris, the movie. That was released in 2000. And then a Rugrats Go Wild, a crossover film with the Wild Thornberries, released in 2003. I didn't see any of the movies. Well, the first Rugrats movie I saw in theaters and it made my ass cry because Tommy has a moment with his baby brother, Dill, in a cave. I just saw a gif of that. It was very sweet. Yeah. Some sweet shit. Hashtag sweet and shit. It made you cry. It made me cry. It made me tear up a little. Okay. What a pussy. And uh, as of 2019, Rugrats is Nickelodeon's third longest-running animated series of all time, behind SpongeBob SquarePants and The Fairly Odd Parents. And according to, I thought this was interesting. According to Nickelodeon producers, Rugrats made them the number one cable network in the 90s. It made Nickelodeon. Yeah. I believe it. Nickelodeon dominated my brain in the early 90s. Do you remember a show called You Can't Do That on Television? No. Oh, man. It was Canada's finest export was this show called <sighs> in the 80s, late 80s called You Can't Do That on Television. It was sketch comedy starring kids and they were supported by two adult actors and they were usually like the buffoons and the butt of the jokes. The butt? The butts of the joke. How many times have we... We've said the word butt like 25 times already today. The... And I ain't complaining. And if they said, I don't know, I don't know is the secret phrase to get slimed. So, that's where all the Nickelodeon green slime came from was from this Canadian sketch comedy show that they did in like the late 80s and you only got slimed if you said that phrase. So, they were like try to trick someone into saying, I don't know so they could get slimed. 
So, we have the Canadians to thank for slime. Yeah. And you know, there is a female singer-songwriter who was the height of her popularity in the 90s who was one of the actresses in that show. Who? Alanis Morissette. She starred in that show? She was, well, she was one of the kids in that show. She wasn't like the star. Well, we're just full of fun facts today. You can't do that on television, which they aired on television. Everything they did, did in Would fact. Would you say that that's Canada's greatest contribution to society? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I have some good news for Rugrats fans. First of all, let me knock out a few more fun facts. It's won a ton of awards, including Emmys. It's most popular in Kentucky, Tennessee, and West Virginia. Mm -hmm. The good news is a revival of the series to be executive produced by the original creative team coming soon. And it was further announced that Paramount Pictures had greenlit a live action Rugrats film coming in 2021. There's another Rugrats movie? No, a live action Rugrats Ew. film. Where? It's coming in 2021. Do you listen to Wait, the words I just said? Like to TV? No, a movie. What is wrong? Are you having a stroke? I'm just trying to understand I why, read they, a would, sentence why to would they do this. Because we just talked about how popular the Rugrats are. But why would they For make like it? 10 minutes we've talked about it. Well, why would they not do it? Because it sounds terrible. You don't want to see a real life Chucky? Uh, and a real I life Tommy? I just looked Tommy? it up and found one and it's bad. <laughs> I see the real life Chucky. Well, is that like the real life Chucky that's going to be in this film? No, I don't think so. I think it's going to be like actors. It's not going to be like, <laughs> it's not going to be like computer animated real people. Like the Garfield movie? Yeah. Oh my God. Send it to me. I need it. Just look at this. Ugh. That's Dill, uh, no, Gil and Lil, right? <laughs> Phil and Lil. Phil and Lil, but it's played by two adult adults women with their heads shaved with just teeny tiny tufts of hair on the top and they both look terrifying. I hate this. Now, do you see what I was saying? Okay, so that's Rugrats, the live <laughs> action film coming soon. Okay, so you actually have one, two, and three already. Simpsons, Rugrats, Dexter's Lab. Animaniacs. What number do you think Animaniacs is? Six. Five. I knew it. Animaniacs, a show like I just never got into but... I loved it. It aired in the 90s on first on Fox Kids and then Kids WB which was like the poor man's kids cartoon network. Mm-hmm. Uh, Animaniacs was a animated variety show with short skits featuring a large cast of characters but the main characters were Yakko, Wacko, and Dot. Uh, the majority of episodes were composed of three short mini-episodes, each starring a different set of characters. Uh, hallmarks of the series included its music, character catchphrases, and humor directed at an adult audience. I don't really recall it being adult-oriented. Yeah, a lot of the jokes were, were like timely references to news and political <laughs> things. But get this, it was executive produced by Steven Spielberg. Yeah. He's had his hand in, in everything that's made a shitload of money. Explain to me what an executive producer would do on an animated series. I have no idea. I really have no idea. What, what would they do on a, like a live action film? Because I'm not even positive. <laughs> I don't know. 
I know there's a difference between producer and executive producer. Is it just executive- that they're like just attaching their name to it for like marketing? Is that it? I think that it's like they front the money and then they also have like in, you know, a network of connections that can help facilitate the movie being done. But then there's also like line producers and people who work on the level like actually arranging, like hiring people and project managing, actually making the film. And I think those are in this case referred to as producers and Steven Spielberg would be the executive producer who like fronts the money or I don't think he was sitting in there drawing. No. Animaniacs won a total of four daytime Emmys. It's most popular in the state of Colorado, according to FrontierBundles.com. And a reboot of the series was announced by Hulu coming in 2020. I'm looking at some storyboard animation of the new reboot and the animation looks really cool. It looks really similar to the 90s style but has a little bit more movement sort of built into it. It looks good. So, that's Animaniacs number five. There's one on here that I don't know why you haven't guessed yet. You've mentioned it like four times already. Well, I thought Batman the Animated Series would be number one. Batman the Animated Series is number four. You know, we asked our Twitter followers at Tennis Pod what their favorite 90s cartoon is and I'm going to read some of those later. Mm -hmm. I'd say the majority that came in were Batman the Animated Series. That was my contribution. I know from you and from my research that it was extremely popular both critically and with viewers but it only ran for four seasons. I don't understand why. So, we'll talk about that in a minute but let me tell you more about Batman. It's number four on this list but number one on IMDb uh, but again, four on this list. It ran for four seasons between 92 and 95 and it was air- it aired on Fox Kids. For the final 15 episodes, the series was given the on-screen title The Adventures of Batman and Robin mm-hmm. which was also used for reruns of the earlier episodes. The series became the first in the continuity of the shared DC animated universe spawning further animated TV series, feature films, comics, video games with most of the same creative talent. It's kind of like the original Marvel Cinematic Universe almost but for animation. Yeah, kind of. The series was praised for its thematic complexity, film noir aesthetics, darker tone, artistic presentation and modernization of its title character's crime-fighting origins. You know, I'm not big on superheroes comics and uh, we did cover the most popular comic book characters back in episode 38. And I was huge into cartoons, especially in the 90s, but I just never watched a superhero cartoon. Just wasn't my thing. If there was one to watch, this is it. Yeah. So, I kind of missed this whole thing. I was aware of it. Like, I remember seeing commercials and I'd flip through channels. Flipping through channels. What a fucking dead thing that doesn't exist anymore, right? Mm-hmm. I'd flip through channels uh, and come across it. I just never, never took the time to watch it but apparently I missed out. Uh, the dramatic writing and stylized art of Batman the Animated Series separates it from, its, from many traditional comic book based cartoons. It can be considered the dramatic equivalent of more adult oriented cartoon shows like The Simpsons. For this reason, the show's popularity endures among older audiences and comic book fans. Tell me about your time with Batman the Animated Series, Brandon. I watched it. <laughs> I like watched it every day. I watched it, started watching it when it originally aired and then it was in reruns and then like like you mentioned, it went to the new episodes that were also focused on Robin and then had some crossovers with Superman. They weren't, those weren't quite as good but... It led to Superman, the new Batman Adventures, Batman Beyond, the Justice League and more. Yeah, I only watched a few of Batman Beyond that was... Uh, by, the, by that time, I was uh, 30 years old, needed to stop. 
No, it's it's uh, it's exactly what you described. It's uh, dark. It takes the same musical themes as the 1989 Batman film. Some of the same like art style from that, especially like the more gothic look of Gotham City. On the note of its critical acclaim, it did also win four Emmy Awards, including Outstanding Animated Program. IGN.com says it's the best adaptation of Batman anywhere outside of comics, even more than any of the films. Yeah. The best comic book television show of all time and the second best animated series of all time, all that according to IGN. It's the most popular cartoon in Arizona, Iowa, Kansas, Montana, and Wyoming. And with all this popularity, all this critical acclaim, I ask you, what leads to such a successful show ending so soon? Four seasons. Did Wikipedia not answer anything about why it no, ended? No, not that I saw. No, let me take a look here. Okay. Says it be premiered on Fox Children's Block, Fox Kids. I remember that. And aired during that block weekday afternoons. Oh, is it 3.30 p.m.? So, your, your earlier story of speeding home just lost all credibility. Well, I mean, that was also when it started. I, didn't, I wasn't driving when I was 11 years old. Pussy. After the series produced its 65th episode, which is the minimum number for a TV series to be successfully syndicated, it looks like they just produced enough to get it into syndication so they could start shopping it around. Just a strange choice. So, so far, Brandon, you're doing like your all-time best here. You got the first five. Simpsons, Rugrats, Dexter's Lab, Batman the Animated Series, Animaniacs. Now, we finally found the one thing I know something about and it's cartoons that aren't being made anymore. People that were into cartoons are also people that probably review us on Apple Podcasts. Would you say that's a, would you say that's a fair assumption? That's a sure bet. So, I'm going to read a few here real quick and they're good. I have one from Bruce Fluffy Toes from Great Britain. Here's the quote. I'm going to read it just as he said it. Game across this on Twitter on the second episode and it's guns and interesting. Two smiley faces. It's, gu- it's guns? It's guns and interesting. Has anyone ever told you that you're both guns and interesting in the same sentence? Because Bruce Fluffy Toes just did it. It's guns? G-U-N-S? Yeah, I think he was going for fun, but maybe he... Maybe when he's talking about Americans, he just automatically types guns. Right. That's a safe bet, yeah. So, he game across this on Twitter. He thinks it's guns and interesting. Bruce, thank you for your review and uh, we hope that we continue to be guns and interesting for you throughout this and every episode. I'll try to crank up the amount of guns in the rest of this episode. I have one more review here from Suze0158. He or she says, Tenish has great comedy with this dynamic duo. The real friendship... Hang on. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. The real... That word between the two hosts makes the podcast very enjoyable. And the variety of topics keeps the conversations fresh. I can't wait to hear what they list next. Sue0158, the list we're doing next is 90s cartoons. You're listening to it now. That's the quickest a wish was ever granted. To have your wish granted, go to Apple Podcasts, rate us five stars, write a review. We will read it on the show. We'll come out fun blazing. (laughs) So, Brandon, why don't you tell me uh, another guess? DuckTales? No. DuckTales is, what are they? DuckTales, 
Okay. I can't find them in like the top 100 here, so no. <laughs> oh, no. Powerpuff Girls. Did you watch Powerpuff Girls? Again, the same amount as Dexter's Lab. I've cut little bits and pieces here and there. I've Is it because big... you're a sexist and you won't watch anything starring strong female leads? Is that it? No, I think it's because it... I think I was probably 17 or 18 when it came out. It just wasn't on my radar. You had grown out of girls? I had grown out of cartoons. It had been a whole year since I was rushing home to watch Batman. What number do you think Powerpuff Girls is? Number six. Number 10. Oh. Powerpuff Girls aired for six seasons between 98 and 2005 on Cartoon Network. It's most popular in Washington, D.C., Georgia, Maryland, and Virginia, according to Google Trends. The show centers on Blossom, Bubbles, and Buttercup, three kindergarten-aged girls with superpowers. Brandon, can you pick out those three? Which one's Bubbles? Oh, which one? No, absolutely not. I know there's a one that wears pink, one that wears blue, and one that wears green. Yes. So, which one's the green one? Give me a guess. Uh, it's just going to be three random guesses. Wow. Okay. Bubbles is the blue one, Buttercup is the green, and Blossom is the pink. And they were created in a lab with sugar spice and everything nice by their professor, father. They live in the fictional town of Townsville. Wait, they were created in a lab? Do they have belly buttons? If they were created in a lab, then they did not grow inside a mother, right? They did not gestate with an umbilical cord, mm. so they wouldn't have belly buttons. Do the Powerpuff Girls. How about the fact have... that you can't create a girl in a lab, period? Why don't we start with that? You did, you can't, did you ever see Weird Science? They made a girl with big boobies. Just by like electric, electrifying like a dirty magazine with bras on their heads. Their belly buttons, the place where their belly buttons would be if they have them are covered by their clothing. So, I cannot tell you whether they do or do not have belly buttons but we're going to put our top research team on it. I just found a picture. I googled Powerpuff Girls belly button and the very first image is a picture of them pulling up their shirt to reveal a belly button. We solved it. Mystery solved. He must have created them with a belly button because he didn't want them to look weird in a swimsuit. Yeah, that, that's it. Okay, so continue. Speaking of weird in a swimsuit, there was a villain in Powerpuff Girls named Mojo Jojo and he was an evil little monkey with a hat. And there was also a villain named him which was a really like a transgender red devil. Uh, really weird for a 1998 cartoon. His name was him? Yeah, I think so. Let's see. Him, Powerpuff Girls, yeah. He was a guy with a beard, a red devil with a voice, but he wore high heel boots, a dress and makeup. Oh, I see him. And he him. had kind of a feminine voice uh, and his name is him. He has lobster claws for hands. Yes. And he's a leggy, a leggy lady. Those are lop. so is he a lobster? No, it's never really explained what he is. But I mean, but he's, he's got not. like a devil ears and he's red and he has like a devil beard. But he's naughty. And he's, he's a naughty boy. But what does he do? He's a villain. He wants to, I don't, I guess he wants to take over the world. I don't, I know Mojo does. Mojo Jojo, who's the main arch nemesis. He loves nothing more than chaos and destruction. Yeah, kind of like the Joker, I guess. There was also a group of villains called the Gangrene Gang. <laughs> Isn't that cute? Are they made up of uh, army privates in Vietnam who didn't change their socks enough? Yep. So, that's the Powerpuff Girls. Uh, a 2002 feature-length film was released in theaters but it did not do well, grossed only $16 million against an $11 million budget. 
It did, however, win two Emmy Awards in 99 and 2005 for Outstanding Individual Achievement in Animation. Congratulations on that outstanding individual achievement. So that's Powerpuff Girls. What about South Park? South Park is number eight in the top 10. However, it is uh, number two in the IMDb ranking. Eight on this list. Uh, are you a South Park fan? I mean, I like it, but it's been going, it's another one that's gone on too long. Yeah, it's been going on for 22 seasons, still running today, started in 97 on Comedy Central. And well, I don't think it was very good when it started in the 90s. It was just okay, but it didn't get good until, I don't know, at least a few years after it started. Uh, South Park is one of those shows that I just kind of see off and on, but I don't like routinely watch. The show revolves around four boys, Stan Marsh, Kyle Broflevsky, Eric Cartman, Broflovsky. whatever, and Kenny McCormick. They live in their Colorado town of South Park. Much like The Simpsons, South Park uses a very large ensemble cast of recurring characters. It became infamous for its profanity and dark surreal humor. It's like our show. For its profanity and dark surreal humor that satirizes a wide range of topics towards a mature audience. Is it a mature... It, when they say mature, they mean like eight years old, right? <laughs> I don't know. I've seen some pretty messed up stuff on there like a dead fetus attached to a woman's head. Yeah, it, uh, they like to push the envelope. Lem, do you, did you ever watch the episode with Lemmy Winks? Lemmy Winks was a little gerbil that was making a journey through Mr. Slave's ass throughout the episode. No. He kept taking wrong turns in different parts of his bowels. Hmm. Lemmy Winks. Lemmy Winks. Or uh, Towley, the towel that gets high. This is all new to me. <laughs> Does she, uh, do you, are you familiar with Mr. Hanky the Christmas Poo? That I am familiar with. Okay. Uh, are you just going to, well, do you want to just go through the entire, should I pull up the entire list of South Park characters and you want to just go through one by one and just say their well, names? Just, you had never heard of Lemmy Winks, so I figured you'd probably also not heard of Towley. Uh, and Mr. Slave takes small mammals into his butt. Uh, why? I can't remember why. I can't figure out which episode it was. Oh, there it is. One of his most prominent moments was in Stupid Spoiled Horror Video Playset when he gave most of the town advice that Paris Hilton is not to be admired. He then shoves Paris Hilton up his own anus where she meets the same creatures Lemmy Winks did in The Death Camp of Tolerance. None of that sounds like it's made for children. Disagree. It's amazing that that... <laughs> Just the, the synopsis you just read, <laughs> just an amazing uh, vacuum into South Park. The show's creators, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, whom you might also recall from the 1998 film Basketball, developed the show from The Spirit of Christmas, two consecutive animated shorts. The latter became one of the first internet viral videos, ultimately leading to the production of South Park, the show. Yeah, I think that George Clooney was one of the people that circulated the original VHS copy of South Park's Christmas episode around Hollywood and was is one of the reasons why I guess it got picked up and that's also one of the reasons why he did uh, the voice of the gay dog in one of the early episodes. George Clooney we have to thank for South Park much like we have the Canadians to thank for Nickelodeon Green Slime. And George Clooney, he's the one that wears our merch on late night talk shows, right? <laughs> Can you... Can you imagine like under his suit, <laughs> under his like $8,000 suit? I can't imagine. I've seen pictures. 
So Parker and Stone, the, the creators of the show, do most of the voice acting for the show's male characters. And I thought this was cool. Since 2000, each episode has typically been written and produced in the week preceding its broadcast. <laughs> That's crazy. They write and produce the entire episode in the week before it airs. And I guess they do that to be extremely timely. Yeah, there's a documentary called Six Days to Air about them putting that together. It's good. South Park has spawned music, video games, merchandising and more, including a 99. This is how Wikipedia describes it. A 1999 adult animated musical black comedy feature length film. <laughs> Grossed $83 million. They had to really set up what it was, didn't they? So, that's number eight, South Park. Now, you just need number six, seven and... What about Ren and Stimpy? No, Ren and Stimpy is number 28. Did SpongeBob start in the 90s? Yeah, 99, but it's number 24 and that was the biggest surprise of all to me. I thought that'd be top five. That was... That's... SpongeBob, I'd take SpongeBob over any of the adult shows like Family Guy or Simpsons or South Park. SpongeBob is fucking hilarious. I mean, I wouldn't put it over some of these others, but it is, it is way up there for me. I have now run out of guesses that I jotted down ahead of time. Let me, let me read you some big heavy hitters that some of our listeners might be waiting for you to guess that are not in the top 10. Okay. You already said Doug. You said Family Guy. Recess, which is a really popular show, is number 18. Pinky mm -hmm. and the Brain, The Magic School Bus, SpongeBob SquarePants, Pokemon, Arthur, Ren and Stimpy, Cow and Chicken, Johnny Bravo, Ed, Ed and Eddie, Cat Dog, Beavis and Butthead, Dragon Ball Z. Oh, there's one that's like that I get confused with recess because the characters have weird shaped heads. Oh, I, I know what it is. Uh, it's, it is in the top 10 too. Courage the Cowardly Dog, Gargoyles, Rocco's Modern Life, Space Ghost, Coast to Coast. Those are just some of the really heavy hitters that are not in the top 10. I do love Space Ghost, Coast to Coast. Is that show called something? Is it called Arnold? Hey Arnold. Hey Arnold. Is number nine. And fuck you for not knowing what it is because it's a great show. You're a piece of shit. He has a football shaped like a big wide head and the girl has like big crazy teeth, right? She looks like a rabbit. No. She has normal teeth and he, his, they always call him football head but his head's really more like a chalupa. Hey Arnold aired for five seasons on Nickelodeon between 96 and 04 and the show centers on a fourth grader named Arnold who lives with his grandparents in an inner city boarding house. Episodes center on his experiences navigating a big city life while dealing with the problems he and his friends encounter. What city does he live in? New York? They never say but it's, it's a city that's very similar to New York. And they're in fourth grade and he's, I remember they saying he's nine years old and he and his friends just walk the city in the middle of the night and shit. That's the show where Stoop Kid's afraid to leave his stoop, Helga loves Arnold and punches the weird breathing kid. There's Arnold, there's his best friend Gerald. Helga is the name of that girl, right? Yep. And her sister Olga. Uh, the creator Craig Bartlett based the show on a minor character named Arnold whom he created while working on Pee Wee's Playhouse. <laughs> And Hey Arnold also had a feature-length film in 2004. That's Hey Arnold. I'd put it in my personal top five. Why? Why is it so good? Because it's kids being kids. Kids having fun. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and they're walking around the city and I don't know. It's funny. What do you want me to say? But like, is, like it's funny writing. They're funny characters. 
They got jokes. What's the deal? Is it gags? I'd, you know, it's actually, it's not so much the laughs as it is the daily lives of these kids. I don't even know how to explain it. But they're like, Helga loves Arnold and has a chewing gum, a used chewing gum shrine of Arnold in her closet. But she puts up a, a front and acts like she hates Arnold to Arnold's face. But apparently in the feature length film, which I never saw, she confesses to him. They show it in the trailer while Helga tells Arnold she loves him. And I never saw Arnold's reaction. And to this day, I still from time to time wonder, I wonder what Arnold said when she said that. I found a, an article where they're criticizing episodes of Hey Arnold that have a bad message. And there's one where this girl, Helga, reaches into a cage and grabs a parrot and then... <laughs> Kills it, I like think. She's trying to kill it. Yeah. There's some bullying. that I've, I've read criticism about the bullying too. That there's one episode that promotes theft. A new teacher episode rewards delinquent behavior. Here's one where uh, there's people mooning. They're showing their bare butts. Hey, I say the more cartoon bare butts, the better. Uh, the more butts, the merrier. These are sort of out of focus cartoon butts. And that episode promotes anti-snitch culture. Arnold's uh, grandpa who, who he lives with because his parents are gone. Mm-hmm. Arnold's grandpa has a very extremely obvious penis shape forming his head. Oh, I see it. Mm, that's awful. His, Why? his chin is balls yeah. and then the side of his face up to the tip of his head is the big old schlong. Why? What do you it's mean cut, like It's like it, it cuts straight through his skull. His face is just an, is an appendage on a, on a penis. Yeah. So, that's Arnold's grandpa and that's Arnold. Oh, I see where he gets his um, genitalia-shaped skull from. You just need seven and six now. I'm out of guesses. One of them is kind of an adult-oriented series, kind of like The Simpsons. And the other is kind of in the same vein as The Muppet Babies as far as premise. Okay, let me think of the one that is more adult-oriented. It's not The Critic, is it? No. Can you tell me what it aired on? Fox. It's not Family Guy. No. Nope. Oh, King of the Hill? No. King of the Hill's number uh, 42. Right above Rocket Power and below Sailor Moon. It's not Gargoyles? Nope. I don't know it. This show aired for seven seasons between 99 and 2013 on Fox. It's number seven here, but it's number three according to IMDb critics. The series was envisioned by Matt Grunning of The Simpsons. Oh, Futurama. Futurama is number seven. The series follows the adventures of slacker Philip J. Fry who is a cryogenically preserved for a thousand years and is revived in the 31st century. Uh, the series was envisioned by Matt Groening, creator of The Simpsons in the mid-90s while working on The Simpsons. Futurama was nominated for a bunch of awards including winning six Emmys award and four, it was nominated four times for Writers Guild of America. It spawned comic books, merchandise, video games, clothes, figurines and in 2013 TV Guide ranked Futurama as one of the 60 greatest TV series of all time. And I've never watched it. Well, I did not watch it when it originally aired either. I started watching it on Netflix and I was skeptical of the first episode until right up to the end and Fry and a couple other characters are about to escape on a rocket ship and there's two kind of guards or military type guys there around a big laser gun and one of them is a robot and he talks with a lisp and he, lisp and he says, 
if that rocket moves, give him an ass full of laser. <laughs> and when he said give him an ass full of laser, I knew this show has got my number. Yeah. Well, if it had been you, they would have said give him an ass full of hot dogs. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Can you guess number six? When I said it was similar in premise to the Muppet Babies. Oh, Tiny Toons. Tiny Toon Adventures. And I did love that show. It aired on CBS between 1990-1992. And the show follows the adventures of a group of young cartoon characters who attend Acme Luniversity. That's fucking funny. They're tiny, they're toony, they're all a little loony. Yeah, they're tiny tunes, kind of based, you know, loony tunes. And the pilot episode, The Loony Beginning, aired as a primetime special on CBS in 1990. The series itself was featured in first-run syndication for the first two seasons. And the final season aired on Fox Kids. And it was ended in favor of Animaniacs, which the uh, network wanted to focus on next, number five on this list. And this, Tiny Toons is another one, executive produced by listener of the show, Steven Spielberg. He, he has to be close to a billionaire. It's nuts. Like, both of these are probably still making money. Tiny Toons is on Hulu right now. What an unattractive idea, just taking something that everyone's familiar with and being like, well, what if they were little kids? You weren't a fan of Tiny Toons, huh? No, I liked Tiny Toons. I really like the character of Elmira is really smart. Like, she's the, you know, the younger version of Elmer Fudd and instead of wanting to murder animals, she, she, loves, loves, them. Them, she loves them too much. Yeah. Aminals. Yeah, that's a really great idea. Some of the stuff like Plucky Duck is just a smaller version of Daffy Duck. Well, Daffy Duck was fine like he was. But you can't have adult Daffy Duck hanging out with all these baby Looney Tunes. Oh. There's a tiny tune with big boobs. Whoa. I don't know who this character is, but it's like a, a bear or something, but with, with red hair and... Are you ever going to send it to me or... Well, yeah, let me see. If... Ooh, baby, hot mama. <laughs> hello, hello. Her name is Julie Bruin. I'm going to move us along here. Look, there's a picture of this uh, Julie Bruin character and she's drowning in what looks like a tub of peanut butter. Oh my. I'm going to have to save that. Yuck. You guessed all top 10, Brandon. Congratulations. But before we go through the top 10, let's hear some of the favorites of our listeners. I asked our listeners on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can follow us there at TennisPod. That's at 10ISHPOD. I asked, what was your favorite cartoon in the 90s? And I have some to read here. Ken Story at KL Story on Twitter, he says his favorite is Tailspin. He says the Disney afternoon lineup is deserving of its own tennis podcast episode. So many incredible shows. I never watched Tailspin. As soon as he said it, I instantly remembered the Tailspin theme song. Yeah, I remember Tailspin. It started out with somebody, a guy going, spin it. <laughs> and then they start spinning it. That's what we got to do. Next time, let's have you sing all the theme songs to these. I'd have better luck with the Disney ones. They all had really catchy little songs. We were talking earlier about how The Simpsons had a golden era, the first nine or ten seasons. Mm -hmm. The No Context podcast on Twitter said, The Simpsons, specifically seasons two through nine. We had a few people say, Hey Arnold is their favorite because mm -hmm. they're not jackasses like you. That's Adam K and Black Case Diaries podcast on Twitter. The Nothing Ever Happens in Canada Twitter at Nothing Canada on Instagram said Darkwing Duck. I was obsessed. I think they misspelled whatever that show was that gave us the green slime. You can't do that on yeah. television. Yeah, I think that's what they meant. Darkwing Duck, another show I never watched. 
If it wasn't on Nickelodeon or Cartoon Network, I really didn't watch it. You're a snob. I guess I was. But I'd rather be a snob than an idiot. Hold my popcorn podcast on Twitter would say the they say the Simpsons because they were only good in the 90s. They also said the Batman animated series was the shit if you wanted to wave your dark freak flag as a seven-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or as a 16-year-old in Brandon's case. Uh Not Your Real Dads on Twitter said that they loved all the Cartoon Cartoon Fridays on Cartoon Network. I also love those. And they think Ed, Ed and Eddie was their favorite. And Ed and Eddie, hot take here, Nick's personal number one, Ed, Ed and Eddie. Did you ever watch Ed, Ed and Eddie? Mm Mm-mm. I think you've mentioned it to me before. I know each Ed is spelled differently. Hero Talk at Hero Talk uh, number one on Twitter. X-Men, hands down, followed by Batman and then Spider-Man. We didn't talk about Spider-Man, did we? I wonder where Spider-Man ranked on here. I didn't watch a Spider-Man animated series in the 90s. Uh, number 23, started in 94. I'm like completely unaware of it. I remember I, I saw Spider-Man more than I saw Batman, the cartoon. A few more here. Devin Sparks at Dev Sparks with two X's on Twitter says that they were obsessed with Powerpuff Girls. They even collected Powerpuff Girls stuff just like you, Brandon. Right? Only if it shows their belly button. Murder and Myths podcast on Instagram said Pirates of Dark Water. I don't even know what that is. What? Uh, Now I got to look it up. Pirates of Dark Water. Oh, I see. This looks kind of vaguely familiar. It looks kind of like a Johnny Quest type animation style. Yeah, I've... Oh, it's by Hanna-Barbera. Uh, I've never seen this before. Well, add it to your watch list. Polly P, our uh, Australian listener at Polly PMC on Twitter said, Batman again and Robotech. Never heard of Robotech. Robotech. That sounds familiar. Show me Robotech Google machine. Oh, weird. No, nah, I do not remember Robotech. Well... Oh, man, it does look cool as shit though. Do you remember that show on Spike TV called like Robo battle or something where people would create robots and then bring them in battle. Yeah, Robot Wars. Robot Wars. That's, yeah. That shit was good. Mm-hmm. Total Games and Films at TGF Stream on Twitter says it has to be Dragon Ball Z. It doesn't. Yep, it does not. I know we have a lot of Dragon Ball Z fans. I was never into it myself but we still like you anyway. Thanks for listening. Uh, we have a few for X-Men including The Camel on Instagram, a podcast about something at APA something on Twitter says Spider-Man and then they also gave a shout out to their episode covering 90s cartoons which I have listened to by the way and I suggest you check it out. That's a podcast about something. They have a 90s cartoons episode. Chris Rearson on Twitter said The Tick. Oh, The Tick was really good. He has a good point. Did you know there's a Tick live action series on Amazon that's pretty popular? Uh, I watched the pilot episode. I haven't seen anything beyond that. So, thank you Chris on Twitter for that. We have a few more for Batman the Animated Series. Amanda Harada on Instagram says Rugrats. And then one more here from Lie Hard with a Vengeance. They're a comedy podcast. On Twitter, they said Avenger Penguins. What? And I don't think I've seen that either. I've never... I think they just put two words together. <laughs> oh, I do remember this. I watched this. Avenger I've, Penguins. I've never... <laughs> I've never... <laughs> I love that this wasn't just on their radar, but this was like... (laughs) (laughs) Their number one. (laughs) Yeah, their number one. Avenger Penguins. Well, that's a hell of a trip down memory lane for me. Thank you to everyone who contributed. Again, follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Tennis Pod. Let's go back through the top 10 here. We got number 10, 
Powerpuff Girls. Powerpuff Girls. Number nine, Hey Arnold. Number eight, South Park. Number seven, Futurama. Number six, Tiny Toon Adventures. Number five, Animaniac. Number four, Batman the Animated Series, which is number one for IMDb. Number three, Dexter's Laboratory. Number two, Rugrats. Number one, The Simpsons, even though it's technically a 1989 show. So, that's it. We, we did it. Top 10 most popular animated series of the 90s. What do you think, Brandon? Don't you wish we found a way to talk about just plain old Looney Tunes in there? Yeah. Well, eventually we'll do top animated series of all time and I know Looney Tunes is represented well there. Does it count as a series since it was mainly released in theaters? Yeah, it's a series. What, are you crazy? I don't know. I'll have to do the research on it or wait for you to do it. Yeah, just wait for me to do it. I don't know what else to say. Was this fun? Hell yeah. It was a trip down memory lane and we didn't even cover all the other, I mean, there's all these Nick Jr. shows I used to love too like uh, there's Franklin, there's Little Bear, there's stuff like the Wild Thornberries, there's Blue's Clues if you count that, Angry Beavers, Rocket Power, Scooby-Doo had a few spinoffs in the 90s, Aladdin, Inspector Gadget, Owl Real Monsters, I used to love that. There was an Aladdin series? There, anytime there was like a successful movie of any kind. They just milked the shit out they, of it. They, even if it wasn't an animated film, like even if it was a live action film, they would find a way to turn it into a kid's cartoon series. There was a Timon and Pumbaa series, for example. Yeah, my nephew prefers the Lion Guard to the Lion King. Well, your nephew's an idiot. Yeah, Digimon, do you ever watch Digimon? I don't know what is Digimon, <laughs> Pokemon, it's like a digital Pokemon. Digimon, digital monsters. You got it, bub. That's the song, Digital Monsters. Pepper Ann, Sonic. As told by Ginger, that show sucked. Beetlejuice had a cartoon series. I remember the Beetlejuice cartoon. The Care Bears. Home Movies. Hercules had a series. Super Mario Brothers. Kablam. Oh, I loved Kablam. Two Stupid Dogs. Yeah, I could go on and on. There's so many good cartoons from the 90s. And these were some of them. These were some of them. I can't believe Spongebob and Pokemon didn't crack the top 10. Fucking crazy. Your story about rushing home at 16 to watch, to watch Batman, I would rush home from the school bus when I was not 16, when I was like 12 or something to watch Pokemon because it came on in the afternoon. What a shitty thing to put on these popular kids cartoons like at the time that school gets out. And there wasn't like DVR back then. No, you had to drive like 70 miles an hour home in order yeah, to watch you it had before to. you had to go to your no other option job uh, bagging groceries. It was the only choice you had. Yep. So, this was fun. This has been the most popular animated series in the 90s. We'll be back next week with episode 49 and you know what comes after 49. 49 and a half. 49 and a half and at episode 50. I have a big announcement waiting for episode 50 to break that news to you. And I also have a list I can't wait to reveal for episode 50 as well. Well, I'll bring the, ne- the list next week. Yes, you will. For episode 49. In the meantime, you can listen to our past 48 episodes at TennisPod.com. And uh, other than that, I guess we're out of plugs. We'll see you next week. Thanks. Thanks.